Namaste, everyone. I'm Jenny G, and thanks for tuning in. I'm your host and producer of Soul to Soul Connections with Jenny G, and I'm very grateful for each one of you who tune in and watch the episodes. Now, if you'd like to catch the episodes, you'll have to watch them on my podcast or YouTube. I'm on 16 different platforms and currently growing every day. So you'll be able to watch this interview regardless of one way or another. So today's show, I I am beyond ecstatic. I'm I'm so truly grateful and honored. He is one of my favorite people and you're going to see why that is. Now, before I introduce Jay, I'm just going to read you a little bit of his bio and then I'm going to ask him some questions and you will be able to see who he is, for those of you who don't know. So now Jay Utah is a Grammy nominee, Kirtan artist, multi-instrumentalist, and elastic vocalist. He is considered a pioneer in the world's music community with his combined influences from India and American rock and jazz. Jay has been leading, teaching, and performing World Music and Kirtan, the ancient yoga of chanting or singing to God around the world for close to 50 years, creating a safe environment for people to open their hearts and their voices. Jay grew up in New York City and lived in a home film filled with music. Jay began studying classical piano at the age of seven and later learned to play old-time banjo, harmonica, and guitar. At age 17, he heard, he heard Indian music for the first time, and two years later, moved to California and studied under the famous Sarad player Ali Akbar Khan. Jay later began taking regular pilgrimages pilgrimages to India, living among and wandering street musics, musicians of Bengal, and singing with the Kirtan Wallas in the temple of his guru, Nam Niam Karola Baba, sorry if I pronounce that wrong. <laughs> Jay has emerged as a leading influence in the Bhakti tradition. He considers Bhakti to be the core of his musical and spiritual life. Kirtan, is the calling and crying and reaching across infinite space, digging into the heart's deepest well to touch and be touched by the divine presence. Now, I want to welcome my guest with the greatest honor. I just adore you, huge fan. I chat with your music every day, have for many, many lifetimes, I must say. Want to welcome Jay Utah. Thank you so much. I'm I'm so honored to have this opportunity to chat with you today. Wow, thank you, Jenny. I'm so so happy and honored to be here with you. Um, yeah, my my guru is Neem Karoli Baba. Just the pronunciation, and also my um, you know my my Indian friends uh, call me Jay, but but all the Westerners that I know, which is hundreds of thousands of people, uh, call me Jai. So, um, yeah, you can you can take your choice. <laughs> I didn't know that. I I didn't know that. That's news to yeah. me. Wow, wow, that's amazing. So now, can you can you please share with our viewers viewers what is Kirtan? Kirtan is a, a, a singing chanting practice that, that evolved in ancient, ancient India. Um, uh, I think in parallel to, to chanting and group invocation practices in all the indig indigenous uh, societies around the world. Um, in, in, in Indian Kirtan, we sing in Sanskrit. We sing very simple mantras. Mantras are phrases or words that have the uh, ability to transcend and transform in the heart and the soul. Um, and these words, these mantras were, were gifts given to us by the ancient 
uh, ancient men and women who lived their lives in, in complete harmony with, with the divine. So in Kirtan, uh, you know, we, I, I find the most ev evocative melody that I can find and, and, you know, the appropriate rhythm. And we sing call and response uh, where I'll sing the mantra and the group will, will sing the mantra back. And um, some, you know, often I will evolve the melody within the same shall we say session and and sometimes it can be very quiet and very peaceful and sometimes it can be very wild and very loud and you know everyone dancing um and yet the the repetition of the mantra uh is consistent and there's something about uh, the word kirtan itself is related to very loosely related to what would be translated as praise Mm -hmm. um, but I, but I, I prefer actually invocation, and 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 the mood of kirtan as we sing can can pass through like every feeling in the heart. It can we singing, you know, we're singing and expressing the soul's longing, and sometimes that can be very very anguished, and sometimes it can be completely joyful and and celebratory, um, and yet again. The mantra, the repetition of the mantras is consistent. Usually kirtan is done in groups, but it's not always. The, the, you know, I'd say every day, almost every day, I'll, I'll spend some time. Yeah, yeah, no, every day. I'll spend some time singing kirtan just by myself. Um, sometimes my wife will join me, but, you know, it can. it's beautiful solitary also. But there's something in a group, you know, where, where all the energies of everybody start, start um What's the word? You know, uh, uh, in, the frequency changes. Yeah, the, the frequency changes. Yeah. I find right away, like right, like right away. Even I chant every day, first thing in the morning, and sometimes throughout the day when I'm driving, where I can blast it, as I call it. Then I'll sing. Then I'll, I'll. I don't care who's watching me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That entrainment. That's the word I was thinking about. When, when a group is singing together. Uh, all, all the vibrations start to buzz in synchronicity and then raise together. It's really awesome. I, I, I'm so, I feel so kind of lucky and blessed that I was given this practice and shown this practice. And um, also, you know, as a musician, I, I, I'm able uh, for years and years and years and currently, I'm always able to kind of find new musical settings in which to sing these these mantras you know so lately i've been doing a lot of reggae kirtan and and some bossa nova kirtan and uh so it, it doesn't always have to be within traditional indian uh instruments and melodies yeah. but i don't mess with the mantras yeah no no those are so like very sacred like very like even when I chant, like I, I, I chant with you music, I love it. It it just really changes that frequency within, I find, you know, and it really just opens well for me anyways, it just really opens me up to God in in so many different ways. So many different ways. And it's it's just it's so beautiful. How did you come across like this path? Like what made you like gravitate towards Kirtan? Um, well, you know, I, I, I started, uh, you know, feeling and wanting and studying to be a musician, um, pretty young. I was, a, I was a kid and, and music, you know, really fascinated me and drew me. And then the, f the first music that really, you know, I, like, I felt like sanctuary, believe it or not, was the banjo. Because I because I studied piano as as a kid and um, for many many years and but I but I always like kind of hated it it was it was like enforced mm -hmm. on me but then I discovered the banjo and the strings you know I hadn't played any stringed instrument and the strings just uh, resonated and and I found a sanctuary you know I was I was not happy as a as a young person but anyway um. I first heard Kirtan when I was in my early teens, I guess. I grew up in Manhattan and in New York, and, and I guess it was the, the early stages of the Hare Krishna movement. 
um, I didn't join them, but I heard them singing. And that was the first time I heard Kirtan. And, and, and it was, oh, wow, it was like enchanting. There was something about the repetition and, and the energy really touched me. But, you know, at, at the moment then, I didn't certainly didn't feel like joining the group or following them. But then I b became really drawn and fascinated to Indian classical music and to yoga. And this was, I was still like 17 or something like that. Um, and I'm 72 now. So it was a, a long time ago. Um, and so I began to study Indian classical music. And then I went to India and I met my guru, Neem Kroli Baba. And in his temples, which were, were very, at the time, very rustic and, um, you know, in a, in a small village, but there was kirtan chanting happening 24 hours a day. So, the, and it was very beautiful. It was, um, you know, the melodies and the voices were, were sublime. You know, I, I mean, there's all kinds of kirtan and, and, and it can be really rough. It can be, but, and, and it all has its own beauty, but this was, you know, something so touching. And that be, became the background music of this very, very, very transformative time spent with Neem Kroli Baba. And, well, I had heard Kirtan and I had sung a, Kirtan a little bit prior to going to India. But then when I went to India, something, somehow or another, the singing of it, the practice of it, really connected to a deeper, deeper place. I mean, I, at that point I was 19. And um, so, so I had been studying Indian music for a couple of years and I had been exposed to Kirtan for a couple of years but it kind of gelled when I was in India. And then when I say gelled, I should say began to gel because it's still, you know, all 50, 60, whatever years later, it's still in the process of gelling because it's always, it's always different, you know, and, and, and the practice and, and the, what comes from the practice is always evolving. And um, gosh, I'm so thankful for that. It would, if it was just static, what a bore that would be. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Now, what is a mantra? So for somebody that's like, well, what, what, like, what is a mantra? A mantra is a word or a group of words that, that have, well, you know, I'm speaking in the traditional sense because mm -hmm. nowadays many people we'll call affirmations, mantras, um, or, or like self reminders can be mantras. And that's, you know, in a sense, that's, that's true. And that's beautiful. But in the traditional sense of the word, mantra is a Sanskrit syllable, or group of words that has the power to uh, uh, alter the course of your destiny to, to uh, supplant the the intellectual um, boss, yeah. <laughs> and 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 put the the heart into the mind and the mind into the heart, and and uh, you know begin the process of of transformation that we call spiritual spiritual growth. Um, the, there's many 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 kinds of mantras. It's a huge huge science. But in kirtan mantras, uh, the ones we sing are very, very simple and are generally names, names of God, names of goddess, na names of spirit. Because kirtan is also a part of a yoga called bhakti yoga, which as opposed to other forms of yoga, it's, it's specifically to uh, strengthen and awaken the very, very, very personal connection with spirit. Uh, and that means, you know, however one thinks of the divine, you know, it, it, it's, it's personal. So, so what could be more personal than the, the names? Um, you know, when you're talking to your beloved, if, if you don't know his or her name, it's kind of hard to, to communicate. So, <laughs> so the mantras that, <laughs> that, that we sing in Kirtan are, are primarily, not 100%, but primarily names in Sanskrit. Wow. So what, what's your definition of devotional love? 
of, of say it again De of, of devotional love devotional love yes well that's a, that's a big word <laughs> yeah yeah um it's funny you know the the first thing that comes to my mind when you ask that question is my my wife and she just it comes to my mind and i think of you know our, our love or i'll just speak personally my love for her um is deeper and um more real than than the waves of life mm. and and then i think of my son my love for my son i would you know i would give my life for for him um and and then i think you know and it's not necessarily in this order it's just like yeah. and then i think of my guru and i think of god and i and i know that love has many 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 colors Lo love is not always happy yeah some you know sometimes love has fear uh, love certainly has attachment and attachment can bring fear um, love engenders vulnerability, which, which is often um, a little scary, you know, and, and love also contains anger, love contains jealousy, love contains every color in the heart, but that all of that rests in, in the vessel of, of complete connection and, and uh, knowledge, wanting, intention, that that connection, particularly the divine connection, but via, through people, you know, that divine connection will always um, uh, heal and will always, I won't say rise above, but will always uh, immerse through whatever other difficult emotions might, might appear, that this connection, that this um, true and knowing connection um, from the heart, not not a mental, not an idea. Yeah, you know, but but a yeah, yeah. Uh, um, is is the essential you know element of it? It's a really hard question to answer. So I I know um, that's why I'm like that's a huge question. I mean, like even that's why I named you know like my interviews and that soul to soul connections with Jenny G because I mean I I'm very drawn to authenticity and authentic people. And, you know, it, it's having that heart to heart, soul to soul connection with someone, you know, and, and that can just take you everywhere like that. You know, it's like eternal love and such. It, it's it's always no matter if somebody's with us or or have passed on, you know, it that that's why I wanted to ask you, because it that's that's a really big word. I mean, love is. Yeah, is the power of the world. <laughs> Even just the word love, yeah. Without the word devotional, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, when our when our kid was born, when our when our son was born, you fill out. There's all these forms you fill out, and they ask what's the religion, and and so you know, I'm, I'm Jewish. My wife is Catholic, and we're both a little Hindu. We're both a little Buddhist, um, <laughs> <laughs> and even more than that. So so in all those forms, we just wrote universal love. That was the yeah. that's the religion. Yeah, because I mean, we never know who we're going to fall in love with. I mean, I, I can fall in love with so many different people just, just from their soul, just from their energy. And I'm like, wow, that's, I, I love their energy. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean like I'm like in love with them, but it's just like, I, I, I love that authenticity, that, that energy. It's just, wow, that person's extraordinary. Like they're amazing. And, you know, I always look at the, at the goodness and and people because we all have that not so good and the angel on one side and yeah, the right. devil on the other right you know we all do and if somebody the says context. they don't i'd be like really yeah human yeah. beings are, are are a very complex species oh, i know i know i'm like why did i come back as a human right you know at times so so yeah. you know you of course we, we say, uh, go ahead what's go that ahead. No, I, I, we were talking at the same time. So you go ahead. Oh, oh, I just wing it. 
<laughs> so now, of course, you have been to India like so many times. Can you share? I mean, I'm sh sh sure there's like hundreds of stories, but can you share like a story, like a like a sacred story of of one of your experiences in India? Like, you know, that's the thing. I'm sure there's so many of them. Yeah, there's so many of them. Um, yeah, I, I'll I'll share one that that's um, well. It's just a little different because it also involves my my family, my wife, and my son. Um, when my so my son Ezra is 18 now. Yeah, and yeah. He he just went to college, which is uh, wow. It's a big big deal. Uh, but that's another story. <laughs> anyway, when he was, uh, I think, three and a half, it was the first we, for the first time, went to India uh, as a family together. And we were in this town called Rishikesh, which is mm -hmm. a, a holy pilgrimage place at the foothills of the Himalayas. It's actually in the Himalayas, but it's in a, a valley. So, um, and, the, and the Ganges River runs right through it and that Ganges is, is considered a very sacred goddess river and um, you know we all hear about how dirty the Ganges is but it's not but when it comes out of the the mountains in Rishikesh it's pristine pristine clean it's a it's a beautiful beautiful place however like most of India there are many many homeless people and and uh, beggars so what we would often do would would uh, be a buy a big bag of fruit, you know, and then uh, uh, around sunset time, go just walk about and, and distribute food to, mm. to, to hungry people. And so, you know, in India, also, not in the cities, but in the villages, uh, there's also a lot of cows walking around, yeah. because the cows, yeah. cows are considered sacred beings. And, and, um, you know they're they're taken care of, so so one one evening in Rishikesh, you know the sun was setting over the Ganges River and all these temple bells were ringing. It was really, you know, like a a, a mystical moment. And and my wife Nubia is holding Ezra in her hand and just a little ways off from me, and I'm giving all these oranges to it. Like it felt like hundreds of people. It wasn't hundreds of people, but it was, uh, you know, a lot of beggars. And then there was all these cows were walking, were coming close to me, but I was avoiding them. And so my son from a distance says, and I don't know where he got this from, but he said, don't forget to feed the cows, Jai Gopal, or Jai Utal. He, that's what he said. Don't forget to feed the cows, Jai Utal. And and so I started giving oranges to the cows as well. Um, now that's a, in a way that sounds like a silly story, but it was a no. very like, mystical moment. Yeah. And and also it was a moment where I felt like my son was was showing his past life a little bit. Oh yes. Um, and but there's so many stories, Jenny. I don't even yeah. know where. I know. <laughs> I know, right? Here's another one, and this this was in my first trip to India, and, and I was 19, and I was with my guru, Neem Kroli Baba. And Neem Kroli Baba, we called him Maharaji. We call still call him Maharaji, and Maharaji translates as Great King, but you know it's it's a it's a word used in India like like the the chaiwala, the guy who sells beautiful nice tea under a tent in the corner. If you like his his particular style. of Tea, you say, I'd like to get a cup of chai, Maharaj. You know, you call him Great King. So it's not necessarily, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a word used with, with love and respect, but, but to anyone who, who, who's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so anyway, I, Maharaj was a guru who, you know, he never gave discourses, he never gave lectures. It was just his being. Uh, was transformational. So anyway, one day, um, you know, it's tr it's a traditional form of respect when you see an elder or a guru, you bring them either flowers or fruit. 
And so what usually would happen was that um, people would bring Maharaji fruit and then he would just distribute it. He would throw it around to people. Sometimes it was kind of funny and sometimes he would just just give it away. So one day I, I, I was on my way to the temple and I passed a fruit market and they were selling these these beautiful berries. They, they looked like um, blackberries. So they looked in the shape of blackberries, but they were a light green color. I'd never seen them before. So I bought them from Maharaji. And, and the funniest thing happened, I was in my room washing them and I put them in the bag and the bag broke and they scattered on the floor. So I picked them up and I washed them individually. And then I washed a cloth. To, you know, I put a lot of yeah. attention into it where <laughs> normally I would get some fruit and bring it. So so I brought it and he spread the the, the berries around uh, in front of him. He, he sat in a little wooden table and uh, on a woolen blanket. And um, he spread the berries and he st- started saying in English berries and he started eating them and eating them and eating them. And then he started hitting me on the head and hitting me on the head. And I felt like, um, you know, like really uh, altered state. And then he gave me a banana and, and, and told me to go. So, so I walked out of the, the ashram there and, and it's just on a, a dirt path, right? And I, I'm walking back to the guest house where we're staying. And next door to Maharaji's um, property was this property of another old sadhu who, um, you know, basically just sat around in a, in a what do you call this? Um, you know, it's just a, a chair, a loungy chair. He'd sit, sit around and long dreadlocks uh, and um, <laughs> he had a pet elephant. And oh, so- wow. yeah. And so, so separating his ashram from the from the dirt path was was just a um, a little fence, maybe up to my knees, you know. So, so the elephant came up to the fence and started looking at me, and then looking very longingly at my banana. Uh, so I I gave my banana to the elephant, and the elephant stood up on its hind legs, crossed its front um, legs like just like across from each other, tilted his body in like a, a dance pose and put out his trunk. And basically he he stood there like Krishna playing his flute. And I felt like I had this this vision of Krishna via the elephant. And I was totally tripped out. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I continued on my way and I realized that in India, you know, not so much now, but in 1971 or 1970, <laughs> the veil, the, you know, be- between the dimensions was, was much, much thinner. And and often you could see through the veil in a way that in our, most of us, you know, me included, in our modern life, we don't see see through the veil. And, and that was one of those moments. And I, it, I don't know if it translates, but it was really amazing. I get it. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. I totally get it. And it's, I mean, it's, it's these little experiences that we have that can really, you know, transcend us in, in so many different ways, any, anything. And that's why, like, when people share, you know, like meaningful moments for them, because we each have our, our own moment of something sacred. So I, I love that, 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 I, I love elephants. I love elephants at my Ganesh and such, of course, right? Big, huge statues in here. So, so now you you're, having, what's that? Can you imagine having a pet elephant? <laughs> oh, I would love it. I, I actually, I, I, I mean, I'm also an animal communicator and I, I love animals. And whenever I go um, out, you know, especially to the zoo, let's say, I just, I communicate all day long and it's, I hold it very sacred. Like it's, it's, it's very sacred. And I had a, a communication with an elephant actually after my wolfhound had passed many years ago and he, I was sitting there in tears and, and I was in Hawaii actually at the Honolulu zoo at that time. And I went there on my wolfhound's birthday and my Irish wolfhound's birthday and the elephant came over to me. Like he was way in the distance and I, I kind of locked eyes and he came over to me and 
you know, he, he's like, don't be sad, you, you know, and he, and he gave me this really, really profound message that like, I'll never forget, like I'll, I'll never forget. And I did a story of him. So of course, mm. not everyone is going to understand it, of course. Right. So yeah, I, elephants for me are like very sacred, very, all animals are mind you, but you know, I, let me tell you something that happened that I, I still can barely believe happened. And this was right after I'd come back to, to the U.S. from, from that first trip to India. And, and you know, I was just, the, the energy of, of India and the energy of being with my guru was really with me very strong. And a friend of mine and I, my friend had a VW van, and we decided to go on a little road trip. And... Um, our little road trip took us to Mount Tamalpais, which is a, a mountain, it's a sacred mountain, just, just near us in the Bay Area. And you're not supposed to camp there, but but we managed to find a, a little place to camp. No tents or anything, but just sleeping bags. So so in the middle of the night, I, I felt, felt this kind of nuzzling in, in my chest and I woke up and a, a deer, uh, a doe, I guess, was nuzzling me and, and wanted wanted me to pat pat her. Hmm. So I started patting her, patting her, and she was nuzzling and and, and there was another deer uh, just you know keeping its distance a little bit, but but kind of right right in the vicinity and and you know perhaps it only lasted a minute, but it was like a lifetime, you know. Yeah. And and it was just unbelievable. And it was I felt so there was so much love. It was yeah. It was uh, like, how did that happen? I don't. To this day, I, I, I don't know how that happened. But it was, it was so deep. It was amazing. And there's that love word again, right? Again, so yeah. you know, it's unconditional love, and um, I mean, animals can feel our vibration. So they're they're all messengers, like all messengers. I and I was sound asleep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Something. I know it's, it's, it's so, so amazing. I could, I could actually write a book on all my experiences with animals and such. And it's all very sacred, every presence and such like that. So now you were a Grammy nominee for like, for what song or album was it? Die. It, it was my, it was my album Mondo Rama. And uh, which I, Rama is one of is 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 like my f favorite mantra, I guess you could say. And, and and very, you know, very literally, or you know, in in its most simple meaning, it just means God. That you know, you can you could take that word, talk about it for many many hours, but it it, it means God, and it's it's the it's the mantra that I I recite. Uh, it's the mantra that my guru gave me, and um, you know, I've been it's kind of been my main one of my internal pillars for yeah. for since since 1971. Yeah, yeah, it's a long time. And so, and then Mondo means world. So I so I named this album Mondo Rama, feeling okay, the world is Rama. You know, the world is God. So uh, the album. You know, it's got a lot of different elements, but it's it's mostly Kirtan songs. But there, I think there's two songs on it, um, and it, and it was coming from a very difficult period in my life. I uh, well, I, I I should say a, a cusp between an extremely difficult period and an extremely beautiful period. And the difficult period was uh, I was actively addicted to drugs and alcohol. I was in in a relationship that was just not right, you know, in many many ways. And the cusp was uh, the other side of the cusp was I got clean and sober so decades ago, and and then met my wife Nubia. So so yeah, so there's a lot of emotions on this album some of them are, are are very you know sad just plain sad and some of them are just so ecstatic um i don't know that it's my favorite of my albums i really couldn't say that but it was it was really far out to get the grammy nomination 
um, and Nubi and I were going to go to the Grammys, but I got pneumonia. And, wow. and um, you know, my I've always had my life. I, I I've had lung issues, and it it just hit. But uh, you know, so it was disappointing. But then I thought, well, maybe I was being protected because yeah, yeah, uh, the Grammys are quite a. From what I hear, I've never been, but from yeah, close people into the ceremonies that wow there's a lot going on and and yeah i don't know yeah. it, it, we were disappointed and also relieved <laughs> yeah because there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes at the grammys of course and so on and so on so i mean i i i believe that things happen for a reason so i yeah you know if you were truly truly meant to be there present you would be so with you yeah. you know healing and working through many different things and such you know you know, that's why I believe God has a way to kind of hold us back. It's like delays are for reasons and such like that too. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I love yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> so now you've played with, with many mu musicians. Is there like one musician that um, you really like enjoyed playing with more, let's say, like who was that well, you know, Yeah, because there's so I, many you played with. Yeah, I played with. I think every musician. Well, I won't say every, but so many of the musicians that I played with through my life have all been super inspiring to me and and lovely people. Somehow or another, ah, oh, God just brings the sweetest and most passionate and talented people into my orbit. I'm, I'm really grateful about that. But if there's one musician that I have enjoyed playing with more than anyone, I would have to say my son. Oh, okay. And uh, my son is in my band. Uh, now he's living in Los Angeles, so he, he might not be in all my gigs, but um, he's been in my band for a couple of years. And, but also at home, we we you know for years we we've jammed and played together and talked about music together and, and improvised and um you know he plays piano so, so and i play string instruments mostly now you know with him mostly guitar and singing of course so yeah so you know i don't think that a that a, a father has a happier moment a father who's a musician that is has a happier moment than than when his son becomes part of his band <laughs> that's amazing yeah that's amazing because then it goes on even after you're long gone you know his music will will take him and i'm sure he'll do something connected with your music with his energy all into one that's what i'm seeing anyways right yeah. but <laughs> i i love that he's in music college now we, we did a oh, gratitude wow, okay. yeah. uh, an online gratitude concert um before he went away, and we called it Utah and Utah. Mm. Yeah. You know, Utah and Ezra Utah. <laughs> we just called it Utah and Utah grad, uh, uh, um, um, gratitude yeah. concert. Wow, I love it! Like that's that's like it stands out, you know. Yeah. So, out of out of everything in the world, right? Which we won't even go on about, but. Um, if you could change one thing, like if you have the powers, abracadabra, whatever, to change one thing in the world, what would it be and why? Well, I guess if I could change one thing in the world, well, there's so many things. Jane, yeah, I know, right? But, but, so, uh, you know, it depends on what time of day you ask me that question. Yeah, exactly. But, um, I, w I would say world hunger. If I could change world hunger, and and somehow by snapping my finger, know that everyone has enough food to eat every day. That the the you know the anxiety of of hunger and you know the emotional anxiety plus the physical devastation of hunger. If that could be eradicated, um, that would be the the first thing I would change. Yeah, very true. Very true. If if you could meet one person in the world that's passed on or currently alive, who would that be? Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. <laughs> Bob Dylan. Uh, 
Bob Dylan, I just love him so much. I, I know meeting him, even if I met him from what people say, he's very reticent to, to, you know, like open up and have a conversation. But if, if I could have an open conversation and hang out with Bob Dylan, that would be my person. <laughs> yeah, we all have our person. I think I should say, okay, it would be my guru who died in 73, or I should say it would be like Jesus or something. <laughs> but but no, it's, Bob, it's Bob Dylan. <laughs> well, yeah, right. That's that's the physical, right, to the spiritual. So we all we all have our person like we all have our person like when you know i had somebody ask me that years ago and i'm like wow and then i i told him who it was and they're shocked they're like what and it wasn't no jesus or god or anything like that either right so i mean you're you so okay so now on on our on our malas of course right um mala beads people have said like, what does 108 mean? Like, you know, when somebody's chanting and, and like, what does 108 rams mean? Like, what's the definition of 108? Yeah, uh, that's a hard one. Um, I know. <laughs> I've, I, 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 that I can't really answer. I, I, I have an article on it that I that I keep in my files uh, written by a um, yoga scholar named Georg Fornstein, who's passed away. And he went deeply into it about how the, you know, in terms of astronomy and the and the distance between here and the moon and the distance between the moon and other planets, uh, uh, it's so deep and so scientific and so kind of mind blowing, but I, but I couldn't ever contain it, um, so I just sort of, uh, you know, my beads are 108, uh, the rosary, in Catholic tradition mm -hmm. is 108. The, the the malabids in Islam are, are 99 I believe but the, so that's a little different but the monas the the Japa beads the, the malabids in Tibetan Buddhism Buddhism are all 108 um I I can't answer that with knowledge uh, yeah refer you know listeners and watchers to to you know, I probably you can Google 108 by Georg Fjornstein yeah. and read it. It's very interesting, but it's very scientific and very um, kind of his brain is bigger than mine. <laughs> <laughs> so now you also have a new album coming out. Yes, yeah, it, it came out. It, yes, yes. yes it came, um, let me show you the album cover okay. because I think, you know, well, pictures are uh, like, what do they say? A picture is better than a thousand words. <laughs> um, and the back cover has a picture of me while well, I'm walking on the beach, but it kind of looks like I'm walking on the moon. Yeah, it does um, actually. It has that vibe, which yeah. is perfect because it's because when you look at the reality, moon is universal and you're very universal. And the moon is, uh, you know, connected to the emotions and the, and the feminine. Anyway, the album is called Dust and Tears. Um, the and is that little symbol. It, um, and it's it's different. It's a little different from my other albums in, in that it's mostly in English. And the lyrics were written by myself and my wife. And, and each song was based on a, a song from medieval India by, by the sacred bhakti songwriters. We didn't, you know, take a whole song and sing it, but you know, we found lines uh, from the from the different mystics that that would kind of stimulate then our their, our, our own writing. Um, two of the songs are based on psalms from the Old Testament, and and one of them is the ninety um, first psalm, which is accredited to Moses, which is so that's really ancient lyrics. And um, I just love it so much. Uh, music, I feel, is, is really inventive. I mean, I always try to make the music inventive. It's, it's reggae-oriented, but it's not reggae. Hmm. Um, and uh, there's a few of the songs have mantra choruses, but, but mostly not. And um, it's very devotional. Um, in some ways, the songs are very heartbreaking, or heart wrenching, I should say, because the the devotional songwriters of the ancient times, 
you know, they sang celebration and they sang the anguish of separation, you know, almost simultaneously. Um, and well, we do have albums and we do have CDs that if anybody writes to me, we can work out sending them. They're not available anywhere else other than through me. Um, but of course, you know, they're, they're on all the streaming platforms. Oh, yeah. So what do you want to be remembered for? Like, what do you want people to remember you as when that time eventually, eventually comes? So you passed away the second, let's say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple of things, you know, I want to be remembered as a very, you know, I put it this way. I hope to be remembered as a very, very kind, caring person. And I would like all the music that I, that I have created in my life, a lot of music. I, I, I would hope that that would continue to, to soothe and, and help people in their inner journeys and in, in their healing journeys. And I, I hope that in his own way, my son will continue that legacy with music. And I hope and pray for the safety, continued safety of my wife and my son, it, you know, assuming I died first. And, and then, as I said before, I hope and pray for world peace and the end of hunger. But that's, you know, it's not in my hands, of course. So, so I just, just hope that, that the music, you know, I'm never not a superstar, never going to be a superstar or anything like that. But I, I just hope that the music continues to help people in, in their lives. I mean, it, it makes me feel grounded. Like it, that, that's why every day I start off my day and I, and I chant, it gets me grounded. Or if I'm feeling off, let's say, if I happen to catch the news, let's say for a minute, I turn it off and then I'm like, just start chanting, clear it all out right away. Right. So, I mean, I, I encourage anybody who hasn't heard your music to, to listen to your music. It, it really can make a huge difference. Like it, it really can. What was one of your biggest life lessons? Like, I mean, there, we all have our lessons, of course. Right. Um, what was your biggest lesson? Do you feel? Wow. <laughs> I know there's so many, right? Like, yeah. Like, well, well, uh, I'll say this, but, you know, again, it's a question that if you ask me any hour in the day, I might yeah, have a exactly. But in this one, I, I, I guess I'll say one of the big, one of the biggest lessons was learning that I could be a sensitive, feeling, emotive person and be sober. Because prior to that, uh, I felt that I needed to have this wall surround me because I was, you know, I felt everything so deeply. Um, and then, you know, getting sober, you know, certainly was a process, but um, slowly realizing that I could exist in this world and, and share my heart and feel other people's love as as well as other people's suffering and not have to run away yeah that's a big lesson yeah yeah and and that's again why the the grammy situation that's exactly what i meant you know like god pulled you away from that for a reason they're like no yeah, was you know so yeah we have a bigger purpose for yeah. you we're not putting you there we'll put your energy there for the grammy nominee but we're not physically putting you there Right. So that's why it's, that's why I personally surrender everything, regardless of what it's like, okay, I surrender it. I don't force or push anything. I go with the flow, you know, and allow things to happen as is and keep working towards my goals and such like that. So that, that was so beautiful, Jay. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm so very grateful for you spending time, you know, and, and chatting with me today. I, I know you're busy and such like that. So if you had like any, you know, like if somebody was really struggling, let's say, um, 
you know, in life for addiction, let's say, or um, whatever it is, you know, that they're struggling. Because we all have struggles, of course. We always will, as far as I'm concerned. So what would you say to that person if, if somebody says, Jay, I'm stuck. I, you know, what what do I do or how do I handle this situation? Well, back to the addiction thing. Um, one of the big lessons I I learned in while I was in the treatment facility was, you know, you know, I never wanted to ask for help. I mean, I was always asking God for help, right? But I was never, I would never ask a, another human being for help. It was too scary to put myself in that situation. And and then in the treatment facility, I realized that. Well, everybody is asking for help. We're we're all needing help, and and we're all like community is so important, and and being vulnerable within the, our community sometimes scary, but but it's so important. So I would, if there was that one thing to somebody who was struggling with addictions, I would say reach out to someone who, who's been through it, or or who is currently going through it also. Uh, ask them for help, and then, and then, at the same time as you're asking for help, you might not be thinking of it, but you, but even the asking is sort of offering help, because it helps others to help. You know what I mean? Um, so, I guess that's that's what that's what I would suggest. You know, find find someone who has been through this, and this could be anything from heartbreak to cancer yeah. to a who has been through it or is going through it and, and just talk. Yeah. Well, you know, not you have to frame it as I need help, but just talk. Yeah. And this is what I'm going through. It's really hard. Um, mm. Did you feel this also? And the person more than likely will say, yeah, I, I had that experience too. It's not easy, but it passes. Yeah. It's just connecting with that person. Cause I mean, life is so fragile as it is. I mean, I used to work on and off call at the hospices for years and years and years until, um, you know, recently, quite recently. And, you know, you, you see just how fragile life is and, and, you know, the families and of course the patient and what people are dealing with and, you know, anything really like any little thing. So, yeah, you know, it's, I mean, I, at 72, I, I'm there's you know, so many people that I know are, well, they're uh, not not I won't say dying, but having very, you know, issues like in life. Yeah. <laughs> the, the fragility of human life becomes even, you become even more aware of it as you get older. And, and, you know, at the same time as it as it can be scary, it also engenders more and more compassion for others as well as for yourself. Because you know, and it's not just older people. The, the reality is anybody all, yeah. going through, all going through it, and we have days where we feel really strong, and we have days when we feel really lost, and we still, regardless, we still need to be present for ourselves and for others. Absolutely. Or they can sign up yeah. for your classes. <laughs> um, well, my website is, uh, I know you're going to have it written, but it's, it's www, that's everybody. Then um, <laughs> Jai, Jai, which is J-A-I, and Utah, which is U-T-T-A-L, JaiUtal.com. It's, you know, easy. I'm easy to find. Um, we have, we have Kirtan Camps, in person and both and online versions as well and, and lots of concerts and lots of things. Um, Do you have any concerts also, coming up? Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, if, for those of us in the Bay Area, I have one uh, uh, Saturday uh, and it's it's a small event. It's, it's at a local yoga studio nice. in Fairfax, California. The studio is called Padma, Padma Studio. And it's at seven o'clock. You know, you know. Since the pandemic, um, one, one, you know, pandemic was rough for everybody, uh, me included. But w one of the great things about it for me was was, it re I realized that I was so much better without air travel and travel. 
and I'd been feeling that for a long time, but 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 uh, I didn't know how to change it, you know. And the pandemic changed it, so I'm still doing some travel. It's not like yeah. I'll ever cut it completely. Yeah, I mean for work, but but yeah. but as a result of not doing that much, I've been doing a lot more small local things, which I got to tell you the truth, I love them. You know, there's not it's not bright lights and glamour, but it's it's community. Anyway, so that's coming up uh, just just the day after tomorrow. And then let's see, I'm playing at a festival in Southern California called Bhakti Love. Oh, yes, uh, yes, yeah. On October 14th. And then big trip coming, my wife and I are going to London and I'll be doing a bunch of concerts and she'll be doing a bunch of workshops. And then this is just off my head. I don't remember everything, but in November, <laughs> there, also for Bay Area, there's a like my favorite venue, concert venue, um, is in Berkeley, California, and it's called Freight and Salvage. It's a it's about a 450 seat, um, you know, just lovely place to perform. And so on on November 26th, I'll be playing there with with a full band. Uh, we have a big horn section, two trombones, saxophone, <laughs> and, and silver flute, and it's all going to be, you know, arranged very beautifully. Yeah, so there's always stuff going on. I'm pretty busy. Um, yeah. one, of, one of, you know, but I am very committed to 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 not doing much air travel, and 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 that's both for the environment, but it's also for my my nervous system, my own internal ecosystem you know um it's not it's that's not a great decision for career but it's it's a great decision for yeah. personal health yeah yeah you always have to do what's best for you i mean even next week when i'm leaving that's the first time i've flown anywhere uh since 2019 mm. right you yeah, know i've had a few trips since since yeah. you know since 2020 Oh my God! I remember, you know, March eighth, twenty twenty. I I did a gig in L.A., and that was a week before the full lockdown. Yeah. It, I, I was so anxious, you know. At that well, at that point, I mean, COVID is still here and real, but at that point, like everyone was dying, it was so scary. But um, and then after that, it was three years before I before I traveled again. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and it. Like for me, it just, I mean, even with the whole COVID thing, it really gave me that time to reflect within. And, and I started everything that I had put on hold. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start taking certain things online. So, I mean, I took like a photography. I do photography on the side as one of my meditation. And it's one of my passions. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to like spirit send me to the right place. And and like seconds the while like right away pretty much I was online and I saw this and I'm like oh my gosh so and it was like on sale like 80 percent and I'm like oh that's it you know and then and I was really drawn to him and then I'm like as I read into his energy I'm like okay I now I know who he was in my past life and and I I took the photography class and passed it and I'm like wow check mark off one of my things on my vision board I had and you know it's it's utilizing the positive from the negative because we all have those traumas and challenges and such and and i always like okay what did i learn from that what did i truly truly learn from that and, and how can i utilize that wisdom and courage to help somebody else to help them transforward yeah yeah so. as soon as the lockdown came i started do, doing every friday night free concerts online oh, concerts wow. yes and, yes and then we were and it wasn't for money you know it was for, for yeah. community yeah and then we translated our kirtan camps which we've been doing for 20 years into an online format but I, but also on the other side just like when you said you started studying photography i immediately got into this online banjo course and oh. and kind of and you know like re-energized re my banjo playing because I, I love it so much, but I, you know, I don't really do it professionally. So, so it was a bit in the back burner. So I, I, I dove yeah. back into it. It was so, so much fun. But I mean, like whenever you, you follow your passion, 
you know, it, it really opens up new doors for your soul's destiny. I mean, even with me, my photography, it's, I'm not no pro by any means, you know, and there is this one photo that I'm like, oh, I don't know, because I have a Instagram account on my photography separately. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to post that. I'm like, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe somebody might like it. Right. So I put it up and Nat Geographic of all, like, they liked it. I'm like, what? Really? That, oh, that's so cool. that photo? That's the one that really? I was shocked. Right. I'm like, really? So, yeah. Yeah, and it was actually yeah, I, I, I took that photo when I was away on an assignment when I was away on assignment, right? And I'm like, really? I was, sh I was sh I'm yeah. shocked. Yeah. I, I have before we close, I gotta tell you a similar thing. Um, you know, all my albums, I, I I work very hard on the production and on the arrangements, the orchestrations from from the beginning. But um, so um, once one uh, winter, gosh. 20 years ago, maybe we were, we were doing our Kirtan camp in Guatemala at Lake Atitlan. And what I started doing was uh, sometime during the afternoon, having everybody lie down comfortable and I would just sing a lullaby. So, okay. I, I would make them up in the spot and never think twice about it. Uh, several years later, a friend um, who was who was at the camp said, "Oh, you know, I just found in, in my files. I recorded this this on my little Zoom recorder, the little stereo uh, digital stereo recorder. And it's pretty nice, and I, I sent it to you." So he sent me this this track. It was about, I think, five minutes long, and I listened to it, and it was like really beautiful. And and so my friend Ben and I, we mastered it. We didn't do really change it. We just added a little little reverb, just a little. You know, just a little bit and put it on an album and it's my m most streamed song on spotify by by like a mile and that's so funny you know because it's mm -hmm. it was like it was completely spontaneous yeah i didn't even think about it and um i didn't even know it was recorded and, yeah. that, and now it's like millions of streams yes so I don't even know how to understand that. <laughs> I know, I know, right? It's it's like sometimes that's the things. It's like sometimes some of the most difficult things, even that we're like, oh God, I'm glad that's over with. That can be the most rewarding. I don't know how many times that's happened to me, right? And I'm like, oh, that was a disaster, right? Or oh my God, and then something amazing happens from it, and I'm like, really? And then I'm like, wow, okay. That's why I surrender everything too. Like no matter what it is, because. You, you don't know right and it's yeah just no you just don't know it's it's <laughs> it's it's a mystery yeah yeah the mysteries of life that's yeah. why it's like universal mysteries of life surrender it and okay it's like whenever i travel right when i especially used to travel um long story short when i was over in ireland I was lost and I was, I had booked for a tour and I'm like, Oh my God, I got 10 minutes to get on my bus. I'm lost. I don't know where it is. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, Oh God, please give me a sign. You know, like, what do I do? And I looked up and right in front of me, there is this church. Right. So I run into the church. Right. And I'm like, is there anybody in here? And, and, and so, yeah, I, I found somebody and, and um, he goes, Oh, it's just right over there. <laughs> like, I got to throw a rock at it, right? So, yeah. yeah. No, that's awesome. I love it. Well, I want to thank you, Jai. You know, I'm like, I know you're busy. And, you and I'm so glad we connected, you know, and um, like even like when we connected for the interview, it was, I was going to let you know and, and it just kind of, I got distracted by it, but I really felt Shutri Ram just come right in. Like he always spoke highly of you. And um yeah, we're, we're good friends. We're oh, good friends. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. So I didn't really want to talk about him because I'd start crying. Every time I do, I'm just like, oh my God. So yeah, yeah, yeah I just I really felt that strongly. And you know, it's just amazing how things come together and happen and you know people out of past or current and, and such like that so yeah well thank you so so much it's really really nice just to meet you and connect with you and 
and mm. uh, share with your viewers and your audience. And um, I hope that we meet in person one of these days. Oh, you never know. Like, you know, that's the thing, right? Like Bhakti, you know, the festivals and stuff that's on my list. And I'm like, spirit, I'm going to be there at the right timing and everything like that. Right. Divine timing. I surrender everything. So absolutely. And you never know, maybe we'll come back another time and do, do a live show and such like that. So, you know, even the, the viewers out there, you know, write some comments. Let me know if you'd love to see Jai come back. Um, we can do a, a live interview. There's so much more we could have even shared and, and talked about. And I'd highly recommend, you know, anybody to check out your website, even people who are struggling seriously, you know, listen to, to Jay's music. Like it, it, it really, that's how it, you know, it, even for me, you know, anytime I'm kind of feeling a little off or whatever, the minute I start listening to your music, it just right away, it just takes me to a whole different vibrational frequency and opens me up and all of this monkey mind thoughts, as I call it, you know, it, it, it disappears. So, and even people taking your classes and such like that, it will really transform them in a, in a, in a beautiful way. And I'm not just saying that, you know, I'm, I'm not. So, so yes. So again, I, I thank you so much for taking the time and on everyone, you know, like I'm saying, make some comments, like the video podcast, share it. You can find Jay online. His music is outstanding. His classes and such. And it's on my list to take one of your classes as well. I love, I love it all. So namaste, Jay. Namaste, Jenny. <laughs>